this week and next week yet in our chameleon uh, series as we're fighting the urge to fit in. And tonight, God reminds us that we have the special privilege of being his ambassadors. I'm guessing that most of you are pretty familiar with that word because college campuses, universities seem to be places where that word ambassador is actually used quite a bit. So just out of curiosity, I'm pretty sure from what I've been told and what I've learned that UW-Madison is no exception. Do we have Edgewood students here tonight? Do you have ambassadors at Edgewood? What about Madison Area College? Anybody people from there? Okay, maybe some ambassadors there. All right, here's the question. How many of you in your individual schools here at UW-Madison have ambassadors or an ambassador program? Raise your hands if you got that. Okay, several. Anybody in here serving as an ambassador right now? I know one for sure. Yeah, Donnie's an ambassador. Okay, and I think you understand at least what the purpose of an ambassador program is, right? It, it's an, it gives a student an opportunity to represent the university and their individual school at the university to other people. It, usually the people that get chosen to be ambassadors are people who can talk about the excitement of their program, the excitement of what it means to go to school in that place and all of the great things and benefits that come from it. And really that's no different to what God is asking us to do as ambassadors either. He doesn't want it to be this chore, this thing that is so difficult for us. He simply wants it to flow from the joy of salvation that is ours. Listen to how the Apostle Paul describes it tonight in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 to 21. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through, the, through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Paul begins that section with all this is from God. And so we kind of have to go back to the previous few verses to understand what he's talking about. What is this all this that comes from God? There are a couple of different thoughts that Paul introduces in the verses leading up to this text. He first of all reminds us that Jesus one died for all. And so we live not only for ourselves, but the one who died for us. And then in the verse right before our text, he tells us that we are a new creation in Christ. And that's all from God. Five times in these four verses, Paul uses a word, reconcile, that we should be reconciled to God. I suppose that word can have a few different meanings depending on the context, but, but in context here, the Apostle Paul is using it to demonstrate that two things that are at odds with one another. There's definitely a hostility toward God on our part and we have no reason to meet God in the middle somewhere. And so what, what reconciled means is it's, it's bringing peace between two things that used to be at odds. God now sees us as his own, not because of what we have done, but because of what our Savior has done. And this is not just for us. But look how clearly God says in these verses that his reconciliation is for the world. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. 
The same thought from Jesus' words to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. See, that reconciliation can't happen by something you do, something I do, something that we can contribute. It all comes from God and happens through Christ. Maybe you remember learning this word once upon a time uh, in confirmation class or in some Bible classes that you've taken. But we describe that as the Bible's teaching of objective justification. What that means is, God has declared the whole world not guilty in Christ. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid for the sins of the entire world. Jesus died for all. And it's interesting that Paul doesn't stop there, right? Jesus died for all, but well, how does that truth come to you and to me? Did you hear what Paul said? God has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. What that means is that God has made it part of our existence in this world to pass that message on to others. That's the message of reconciliation. That's what God wants us to bring to others so that they can hear the truth and have faith in Christ. That's the second half, the subject of justification. How does the truth, the objective truth of Scripture that Jesus died for all, how does that come to me? How does that come to you? It comes through hearing the message. It comes from the faith that that message produces. We move from this idea that Jesus died for all to the truth that Jesus died for me. The Apostle Paul talked about the exact same thing in in Romans chapter 10 when he writes this, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I'm going to guess that there's been a time in your life when someone has come up to you and said, did you hear the news? Have you heard? And you have no idea what they're talking about, right? Because nobody's told you. Because you didn't hear it. Because you didn't get an alert on your phone about some news that was breaking, that everybody else seemed to know. And Paul says the same thing about the Word of God. He says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, but how can they call on the one that they've not heard of? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? And then Paul quotes a beautiful verse from Isaiah chapter 52, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Probably not something that you describe very often as beautiful feet, But when they are ambassadors, when they bring the message of salvation to the world, that's beautiful in God's eyes. And Paul concludes that section with the words, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. That's what it means to be an ambassador, to to represent God before the world. That's the mission that God has given us as his people, the opportunity to let the joy of salvation flow through us to others. If you know anything about people who serve as ambassadors, generally speaking, their time as an ambassador is temporary. It's limited. They represent something or someone else to another entity of people, and they do that for a short time. Well, in a sense, that's true of us, too. Our ambassadorship lasts only for this life. 
That's what God has in store for us. Something so, so great that we want other people to know about where it is that we're headed. That's the goal of being ambassadors. The goal is to inform, to encourage, to remind as many people as possible the joy of knowing the forgiveness of sins in our Savior, Jesus. I don't know about you. I'll just speak for myself. But even as a pastor, I find that there are many times in my life that life gets so busy. There's so much going on in my life that it's very, it becomes very easy, almost too easy, to forget the difference of our time in this world versus eternity. Have you stopped to think about that? We get so caught up in the things in this world that we forget this is such a brief time compared to where we're going to spend eternity. And then consider of the 168 hours that are in each week, how many of your hours are focused on things that matter to you in this life and how many are focused on things that prepare you for the next life? Isn't that one of Satan's biggest victories in this world? That he's kind of made all people, especially Christians, believe that success, productivity is based on how busy you actually are. Like, is it, it's almost a sense of pride, isn't it, when you can open up, okay, this is just how old I am, my planner, you guys probably all do it on your phones, right? But you get your calendar out, right? You look on your phone, oh, look at all this stuff that I have to do today. And it's busy. And Satan loves that. He loves making you so busy that your focus is here and not on what is even more important. He would love for you and me to make our faith and our eternity an afterthought. And I know that my goal tonight wasn't to make you walk out of here and feel extremely guilty because I'm right with you. And it's why I love how Paul does that. He implores us and all people to be reconciled to God. But he doesn't just throw it out there and say, now go figure it out. He ends this little section with the exact way that we are reconciled to God. Some have called that verse, 2 Corinthians 5.21, this picture of God's great exchange. Maybe you've heard that used before. This trade that happened. God made him, that's Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us. I don't know if we stop to think about that as often as we could. Jesus took our sin. And with that sin heaped on him, he went to the cross to suffer even the very agony of hell in your place and mine. And then the swap, the exchange, is the second half of the verse. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There's the swap. Jesus got our sin. We got Jesus' holiness. We got the righteousness that we need to stand before God. God wants you to hear that, to believe it, to know it, and to find tremendous comfort in the fact that he can call you his son or his daughter because Jesus wiped away sin and gave you the holiness that you need to stand before him. And you can stand before God with complete confidence knowing that Everything that you need has already been accomplished by your Savior. And then when the joy of that salvation hits us, what God wants is for that to spill over into our lives. We live in a world that desperately needs to hear that, that great news, 
the news that there is hope, that there is life after life in this world, that there's something great, even greater than this life to look forward to, the joy of heaven with him. A couple of thoughts to take away with you tonight. Number one, uh, God sees us reconciled, sees us as reconciled to him by means of a great exchange. Sometimes we might use the word substitute, that Jesus served as our substitute. I think of Isaiah's words in Isaiah 53. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. And number two, God calls us to represent him here on earth while we look ahead to heaven. This is what it means to fight the urge to fit in, to to be able to look at others and see them as souls for whom Jesus died, people who need to hear the message of salvation and know, as Jesus himself promised, that in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back to take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. All right, maybe I'll take you back a little bit. Any uh, Pokemon collectors in here? You can raise your hands. It's okay. That's kind of fun, wasn't it, to collect Pokemon cards? I don't know. At least a couple of my kids had a whole collection of Pokemon cards that I can remember. I remember even going to, when I was teaching in the high school, people would have like binders full of these Pokemon cards. And then the trading was always kind of interesting because you always traded right from your surplus If you had multiple of one card and you were looking for another one, then you'd swap that out with the other person, right? See, this is just how old I am. We did that with baseball cards. I had no idea who Pokemon was when I was in that age. But baseball cards, and then I know that some of you at least, I know I'm limiting my audience here, love to play like fantasy football and try to make trades with people, right? Would you agree with this, that generally speaking, when we do that, when we try to make trades, you you try to benefit both parties, right? Both people try to give a little bit so that the other person benefits as well as you. But every once in a while, you try to pull one over on the other person or they try to pull one over on you, right, and get the better end of a trade. And I thought about that when I thought about the trade, God's great exchange, because doesn't that have to be the most lopsided trade in the history of mankind? That here came Jesus and he traded with us and what he got was the most unimaginable pain that could ever have been suffered because he took our sins on him. And in exchange, we got the greatest gift that could ever be given, the holiness and righteousness that we need to stand before God. And now, that's what we get to tell other people. That's the opportunity that we have as God's ambassadors to share And what an amazing message that is. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the trade, the great exchange that you made to give us the holiness that we need to stand before you and to remove and erase our sin forever through the blood of your Son, Jesus, our Savior. We can live in this world confidently, Lord, knowing that you call us your very own, that you have made us heirs of eternal life, And now we pray that you open our eyes to the opportunities that you give us to be ambassadors of that truth, to let others know the great news that that we know, that, that Jesus is our Savior from sin and we have an eternity to spend with you. Pray that you bless our students. We know how busy schedules can be and the Thanksgiving break is around the corner but it still seems so far away. Give them the energy they need to complete all of the things that lie before them. 
Give them confidence in your love and in your firm promises that you will never leave them and that you are with them through all things and in all things working for their good. Strengthen us all, Lord, to, in our walk in this life until we are with you in the perfect joy of heaven. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.